Our priest is a dying man. The dying men, women, youth. And I will preach as though I will never preach again. So God, God has his reasons for why he saves us in stages. Sanctifies us slowly, makes us fill up every day at his pump. Lest we forget where the gas comes from. Welcome to Follow Me to Heaven, where God's word is truth and your questions matter. I'm your host, Jonathan Romero, and today we're going to be in Colossians chapter 2. We're going to be focusing on the last few verses of that chapter. So it's verses 20 through 23. Um, And this is what it says. It says, If with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, why, as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. Referring to things that all perish as they are used, according to human precepts and teachings. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body. But they are of no value in in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. In verse 12 of that same chapter, Paul just gave us, gave the Colossians um, exactly their identity in Christ and what did they identify with in him, in Christ. Well, he says, starting in verse 11, I'll read verse 11 in chapter 2 of Colossians. It says, In him also you were circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. And then he explains, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God, who raised him from the dead. So in verse 12, Paul explains that the Colossians were buried with Christ in baptism, as well as raised to life with Christ through faith. And then he continues in verse 13, that they were dead in your trespasses, it says, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him. So, question, what was put to death as a result of our faith in Christ? And the answer would be the ways of this world, or as it says, the elemental spirits of the world, right? And when it says, you have died to the elemental spirits of the world. Um, elemental spirits is in the Greek stoichia, which is basic principles, or you could say fundamental principles of pagan religion. So that's what it means. So we, whenever we put our faith in Christ, all that we once were has been put to death, it no longer exists. And what goes along with it is the fundamental principles of pagan religion. Religion that is not Christ-like. That is not Christian. And it says, if with Christ you died, so he's making this point that if you are in Christ, then you've died to this. You've died to these elemental spirits of the world. 
But he says, even though that's the case, then why, as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations? Right? False teaching is done by mere humans. We call, and scripture calls, false teachers. And these teachings can find its roots ultimately coming from demonic spirits. Ultimately, it is demonic because it's taking away worship that is properly to be God's and given elsewhere. It's demonic, right? We're stealing God's glory. And instead of giving Him the glory, what's happening is they're glorifying themselves, right? Again, these self this self-made religion, and we'll later be talking about it, but that's ultimately where these teachings are coming from. The root of it, when you follow its roots and get to the soil of where it's, all of this teaching is coming from, it's coming from demonic spirits. Verse uh, 21 continues on saying, or he explains, like these are what they are following, Right? This is how they are still living in the world or alive in the world. They're following the do not touch, do not taste, do not handle. Those three things are mentioned in verse 21. Um, and those specific things, it's in quotations. So they are specific, you can say taboos um, that mean nothing and do nothing if followed. And why is that? Because... Ultimately, we can do nothing to merit what was already given us by faith. Faith alone in Christ alone. So, what are these people after? They're after, you could say, a pat on the back, maybe? Uh, they're trying to feel better about themselves? Because later, right, he says in verse 23... Or verse 22, referring to things that all perish as they are used according to human precepts and teachings. So these teachings and these precepts is not godly. Paul is making a mention that these are human. These are man-made. So why are you following these rules when you're supposed to be following God who is not man-made? He is God eternal. He's the one that's always existed from before time. Right from eternity past, this God you are not following. You're following human teachings. You're following human precepts. Verse 23, he says, These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self made religion. There it is, right? And then it says, An asceticism, or you could say a false humility. And it says, End severity to the body. But they are of no value. And stopping the indulgence of the flesh. So again, them following these rules, they're trying to make themselves feel pious, I guess you could say. Um, thinking that, you know what, God will commend this. But in reality, uh, that's not the case. In reality, what God requires of us is our faith in Christ. And through our faith in Christ comes about obedience but not obedience to human precepts or human teachings, but to God himself, right? We are to follow God. Now, yes, when we go to church, uh, we are given 
what to do and what not to do by our pastor. He may be preaching on specific passages, but ultimately he's pulling that from scripture or he should be. If your elder of the church, if the elder of your church is preaching God's word faithfully, exposing what is in his word, then when it gets to portions of scripture where it says, be holy for I am holy, then they are to explain how does it look like? How does it look for me to be holy? And I would just quickly say, well, the fruit of the spirit, right? Good fruit is a result of being in rooted to good soil. And not only that, uh, we are a good tree. A good tree bears good fruit. Bad tree bears bad fruit. So if you're in Christ, trust that you will bear good fruit. But what is this good fruit? Well, it explains it in Colossians or in uh, Galatians chapter 5. And that's how we are to live in this world. We're to live in this world humbly, knowing and understanding that we deserve nothing from God. Well, we don't deserve his favor from, from him. What we do deserve is his condemnation, his judgment. But because of Christ, that has passed away. Christ has appeased the wrath of God on himself, on all of those who put their faith in Christ, their trust in him. And no longer should we feel burdened to try to uh, keep the world, the rules to stay on God's good side, to maintain the favor of God. Because again, Paul over here is saying, why are you following these precepts? Why are you following these ways of the world that you've died to? says all of these things that all perish as they are used. Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, right? And to give an example, uh, in Mark chapter 7, verses 18 through 23, it says this, And he said to them, Then are you also without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into a person from outside cannot defile him? since it enters not his heart, but his stomach, and is expelled. Thus he declared all foods clean. And he said, what comes out of a person is what defiles him. For from within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. And then he says, all these evil things come from within and they defile a person. So uh, what the Lord is talking about here is he's saying, all right, I gave you guys a teaching and you're not understanding. Well, let me explain. Whatever goes into the mouth, whatever you put inside you as you eat, that's not what defiles a man. doesn't matter. And why? because it enters the stomach and then he says, and is expelled. Ultimately what he's saying is, yeah, whatever comes to the inside, the mouth, whatever you put in you, that's not what defiles you because you eventually will poop it out. That's not what defiles you. And then he gets to the root of the problem, the root of the matter. And he says, and he said, what comes out of a person is what defiles him. From, for from within, out of the heart of man come evil thoughts. <clears throat> so, 
whatever comes out of the mouth is what he's saying. That is what defiles you because you just reveal yourself of who you are from within. Whenever the Lord first saves us, one of the first things that the Lord sanctifies is our speech. We no longer speak the same way as we used to. We don't curse anymore. Instead, we bless. And that's what scripture says. Um, that we are to bless. We are not to curse. And the cursing, uh, we have no authority to curse anybody. Only God does. That's his position. So when we curse people, we're eventually playing God and now undermining of who undermining who God is. And now we're playing his world role. And that's sin, right? Now you made an idol of yourself and you made yourself to be God. So instead of cursing, we're called to bless. Even those who hate us, even the those who dislike us to the point of even wanting to throw rocks at us or even kill us. I've known people who would say that if they had the ability to, they would kill this specific person. Well, you see, what goes into the mouth does not defile you. What goes out of the mouth defiles you. And that person revealed himself to be that, a defiled person. And why is that? Because of his speech, his manner of speaking and how he wants to condemn people. And not only that, um, just them saying that they, if they had the ability, they probably would pull the trigger. That's crazy. But again, um, it shouldn't catch us by surprise because they just reveal themselves to be outside of Christ. They are not in Him. So now as Christians, don't follow these precepts that is not biblical. And how do we know? Well, because we, are, we ought to know God's Word. We ought to know the Bible. And here Jesus is making a, a point that Whatever you put into your mouth, that's not what defiles you. Why are you following these rules as if, oh, uh, you shouldn't eat a specific food because then you're causing harm to your body? Well, the Lord says um, it's all clean. He declared all foods clean. So because that's not what defiles you. What defiles you is what's coming out of your mouth because eventually, ultimately what you're showing is your heart. You reveal your heart through uh, what comes out of your mouth and even your actions. Because he says, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, um, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness, all these evil things. So all those things are evil, the Lord says. And he says, come from within. And they defile a person. So, instead of following, do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, uh, we ought to get to the root of the problem and covet no more. Uh, do not commit adultery anymore. Do not murder anymore. Jesus even said, you have heard it said, right? You have heard it said, you should not murder. But I say to you, so the Lord is explaining what that means. But I say to you, whoever hates his brother has committed murder within his heart. So murder can be done inside of you without you even doing the action. 
the physical action of killing somebody. So even through your hate towards somebody is enough for the Lord to say you have been condemned of murder because he's getting to the root of the problem. And that's the heart. The human heart is wicked and deceitful. So we're not to trust within ourselves to uh, merit the favor of God. Because again, following these rules does nothing. And these rules are actually coming from these false teachers where ultimately they're getting these teachings from demonic spirits, from the elemental spirits of those of this world. So yeah, uh, those specific things uh, that they're, they are being taught, um, thinking that because it has a, an appearance of wisdom, in promoting self-made religion, as it says, and asceticism, right? A false humility um, and severity to the body. They've even cut themselves up as worship. But then Paul mentions, but it's, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. This is not what's going to cause your flesh to die and be made alive in Christ or made alive in God. Um because ultimately they are dead in their sins and trespasses if you are outside of Christ. And if that's the case, then why are we living as if we're still dead in our sins and trespasses? Why are we living that life still? We shouldn't be. We ought to, yes, we ought to strive to be holy for God is holy. But ultimately, my faith resides in Christ alone, not in my own works. And also, I get all of that from Scripture. Right? If I'm following man's teachings but cannot trace it to Scripture, then I'm going to reject it. We ought to reject it because it's not godly, because it's not coming from His Word. And with them, it's as if they created their own way of worship that on the surface it may look pious and right, uh, but the reality is that, not, that it's not even close to proper worship. Uh, they've strayed from God's word. Look at what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. I'll read verses 23 all the way through 31. It says, All things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. Let no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. Eat whatever is sold in a meat market without raising any question on ground of conscience. Uh, for the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. If one of the unbelievers invites you to dinner and you are disposed to go, eat whatever is set before you uh, without raising any question on the ground of conscience. But if someone says to you, this has been offered in sacrifice, then do not eat it uh, for the sake of the one who informed you uh, for, and for the sake of conscience. I do not mean your conscience, but his. Uh, for why should my liberty be determined by someone else's conscience? If I partake with thankfulness, why am I denounced because of that for which I gave thanks or I give thanks? And then he says in verse 31, So, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. So, what is Paul saying here to the, uh, to the Corinthians? Well, he's basically saying, hey, it doesn't matter what you eat and what you put inside of you. Eat. Unless somebody else says, hey, that has been um, 
he says, but if someone says to you that has been offered in sacrifice, then for the sake of him, out of love for him, that person, then don't eat it because their conscience will be seared. Because later he ends up saying like, it doesn't matter to me what I put in my own body because I know that I'm not going to be defiled by it. Even if it were used as some form of sacrifice, but for the sake of the brother whose conscience would be seared if I were to eat it, then for my love for him, my love for him would be, I'm going to stay away from it. I'm not going to eat it. But we know that scripture says, for the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Ultimately saying, eat whatever. If it's food, eat it. It's fine. God blessed all foods. And that's what it said in Mark. Um, listen to this quote. This quote is by A.T. Robertson. And I, um, and it makes so much sense. Um, it's, it's so good. It says this, It is love that makes us really free to do right. Love makes the choice easy. Love makes the face of duty beautiful. Love makes it sweet to keep up with Christ. Love makes the service of goodness freedom. What he's saying there now, when we obey God, we obey him out of love. And through that, now when he calls us to not sin anymore, then we're going to strive to not sin anymore with joy. It shouldn't burden us that we have to do something in order to stay on God's good side. No, we're already on his good side because of Christ. Now, out of love, I can do all these good things, right? I can stay away from adultery because I love God. Now, I can stay away from lying because I love God. Stay away from hating anybody and everybody because ultimately... Our hate does nothing but kill that person in our minds, right? When you hate somebody, that's what the Lord is saying. Like it's just as doing the action out of joy, out of our love for him, then we're going to do what is right. And how do we know what is right? Well, we look through his word and he tells us what to do and how to act and how to be in this world. And that's what we're going to get to next time. In Colossians chapter 3, <clears throat> we're going to learn about putting on the new self and what that looks like. We're going to learn uh, what it looks like to put to death or consider dead uh, what was earthly in us. Because that's what Paul is eventually going to get to with these Colossians. That they're trying to maintain this pious uh, looking self um, on the surface thinking that this is proper worship and um, this is good. But in, in reality, it's just human precepts that they're following. It's not godly precepts. It's not godly teaching that they're following. Instead, it's uh, demonic at its roots. So that is why Paul is reaching out for these Colossians to understand uh, how it truly looks uh, to be Christian. What happened to us, he explained it, that we have died with Christ and we've been raised with him. And because of that, then we've died to our old self. And that's what Paul gets to in uh, chapter three of Colossians. So 
I would say reread this passage and understand what's going on with these Colossians and try to pinpoint what have you been doing in your life to try to merit the favor of God and to shake that off into thinking that in order for God to be pleased by you, uh, you have to do these good things. No, uh, Christ did it all for us. We can do nothing apart from him. But because of Christ and him doing all these things, I will do good works. The reason why I'm doing good works is not to be on God's good side. The reason why I'm doing good works is so that God may be glorified. You see, we are created for his glory. And when we follow these um, godly rules, you could say, right? Whenever he says, do not murder, do not lie, do not covet, do not bear false witness, right? The Ten Commandments, the moral law. When we follow that law, we're not trying to gain God's favor. But what we are trying to do and ought to do is glorify God in doing that. And even through our eating, through our drinking, um, and everything that we do in our lives, uh, we have to ask ourselves, can I say to the glory of God and still do it? Can I say God is glorified in this and what I'm doing? So I would say examine yourselves first to see whether or not you are in Christ. Because if you're not, I would say repent from your sins, turn away from your sin, hating your sin, and put your faith in Christ alone, your trust in Christ and what he has done for you on the cross, that he died the death that you should have died. He lived a life that we are unable to live. And through our faith in him, we can live forever with God. We have sinned against God. We deserve his punishment. Yet Christ took that upon himself on a cross. And now we can live forever with him in paradise, in heaven. And I would say, just trust God. Learn. Um, soak up as much of the word of God as you can and learn and understand. Asking the Holy Spirit to help you. This is Follow Me to Heaven with Jonathan Romero.